0: i'm teaching you the difference in the anointing what is inward versus what is outward so that the truth you know will set you free and again i'm telling you you might know these scriptures but unless they change you it's useless unless there's a change in our life what's the point in having all kind of things in the Bible. Jesus calls such people hypocrites. When you yourself are doing wrong, but you think that is okay, and you point out other things, let it change you first. Hallelujah. So to revise what I've been teaching from the beginning, we understand that sin separates us from God. That is the original sin. If we go to Isaiah 59.2, Says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. This is our state before Jesus. When we accept Jesus into our life, what does Jesus do? He reconciles us to God our Father. God himself reconciles us. We cannot do this. Our efforts are called religion. We cannot get back to God, but God makes that way. Go to 2 Corinthians five eighteen 18-19. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing the trespasses to them, but has committed to us the word of reconciliation. How are we reconciled to God? When there was a problem called sin, somebody had to erase that sin, take away that sin. And if you read in verse 21, who took away that sin? God made Jesus who was sinless to be sin for us. Jesus took away that sin, yes? So not imputing their trespasses, our trespasses to us. Do you understand? Yes. And then it's not over yet. All that is done is that bridge has been built. But the Holy Spirit empowers us by enabling sanctification. We cannot, by our own strength, get right with God. It's impossible. If we depend on willpower, we may do everything correctly according to the Bible. But that doesn't reconcile us to God. Jesus had to pay the price because we have sin in us. We are born in sin. Jesus was born of a virgin without the original sin. That's the difference. So then he was able to pay that price. We are not qualified to pay that price, even though we do everything, or if we do everything right. We cannot, but Do you understand? There's a limit to our willpower. So Jesus has to do that. Now he's been there and done that. Do you understand? That's why he's the only way. Do you understand? Yes. So and then we need to be cleansed from the filth of the world. We cannot do that ourselves. So God helps us, empowers us. And for that specific purpose He has given us the Holy Spirit. Now some of us don't want to be cleansed. We'll go kicking and screaming to the bath. Like some kids, when their mothers tell them, come, it's time for bath, they'll run the other way, yes? Do you understand, yes? And their mother will catch them and they'll cry, do you understand? But what does that do? It cleanses them. Like that sometimes God has to... Bring us in, kicking and screaming. Sometimes we don't even submit to that sanctification. And that is a problem. Because a lot of Christians who call themselves Christians who are rascals who need to be re-rascalized. And there's no problem with that, except they call themselves Christians, and the whole world thinks Christians are like that. But we are all a work in progress. Long time ago, I had a problem where I had promised some, I had given some money to some people and they said they would give me a hard disk of such. At that time, 10 GB was the largest you could get. And I I paid for 10 GB hard disk, but I got a 6 GB hard disk. And I was dealing with Christians. And I was like, what is this? And the person told me in my face, I paid... That I had paid for 6 GB and not 10 GB. So I went to my pastor and I said, this is not fair. The old me would have done something about it. And he said, not everybody is sanctified the same way. There are some things that maybe you need work in. Maybe finances is an area that he needs work in. Maybe telling the truth is an area. So we are all a work in progress, but the Holy Spirit helps us and only the Holy Spirit can help us. Go to 1 Peter 2. It says, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father in sanctification of the Spirit. Yes, for obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace be multiplied. What I need you to understand is the Spirit sanctifies into the obedience of Jesus Christ. What is the sprinkling of blood? It's not baptism, it's in the Old Covenant, from the Old Covenant. When a sacrifice is made, the blood is sprinkled. Do you understand? Yes? So, the Holy Spirit aids us, enables us to be sanctified, to submit, to say no, for example, as I say, to the chocolate. But He works with the ammo supplied by you reading the Word of God. By you renewing your mind in the word of God. Because the word of God, or the word from God, sanctifies us. In John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Hallelujah. Do you understand? So, when you accept Jesus, you're positionally holy. You're set free from the original sin by the blood of Jesus. From every sin by the blood of Jesus. Yes. But we know that we still continue to sin. How? 1 John 1 10 says, If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And if we sin, there is a bar of soap, a Christian bar of soap. We confess our sins to the Lord. Yes. And he forgives. So we reset our system every day. Sin is missing the mark that God has set. So we understand, okay, God maybe wanted us to get there, but we didn't get there. Maybe we walked the other way. Is that clear? So we reset and God doesn't condemn us. But we must reset every day. That is the obedience to the word of God. Yes, that is sanctification. In your life, sanctification is the obedience to the word of God. God sanctifies you as you believe and submit. It is His will. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. If you say you belong to God and you don't sanctify yourself, you don't submit to that, you're fooling yourself and you're fooling everybody else. God started the work of making us like Christ. And he is continuing it. God initiated it and he is continuing it. In Philippians 1, 6, It says being confident of this very thing. That he who is beginning a good work in you. Will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So until Jesus returns. Has he returned yet? No. Until he returns we are a work in progress. If we die before that, good. Do you understand? At least you're submitting to that. You're more perfect today than you were yesterday. Do you, do you understand? God knows how to fix you. He knows which buttons to push. Provided you submit. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's downright painful. Because you think you got it all. God says, okay. And he goes to work on you. And you wonder what is happening. Do you understand? Yes, you, you can't fool God. If you say, use me, He will make sure He can use you. Sometimes He's gotta get rid of some flax, some additional excess baggage. Do you understand? Yes. But we as believers in Christ, we need to pursue the sanctification earnestly. 1 Thessalonians 5:23. Now may the God of peace sanctify you. Completely, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I spoke about this before. When Jesus comes, don't be ashamed. Submit. Okay, you have fallen, but get back. Why are you not ashamed? Because you have submitted. Not because of the merit that you have, but you have submitted. And you will bring to completion that could work in you do you understand yes obviously you have to do something about it yes it's, it's not just god alone pushing a button and something happening in you lot. no 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 you have to you have to decide okay i don't want these chocolates why because i want to lose weight i want to get to heaven i love jesus and therefore i will not do this thing that is an abomination to him you understand what I'm, what I'm saying? Yes. These are the basics, and so the anointing, the reciting anointing, that sanctifies us, is what John is referring to. When you read one John two, remember there's an anointing for the work and the reciting anointing. Let's go to one John two. 27 we read this last week but the anointing which you have received from him abides and you do not need that anyone teach you but the as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie and just as it has taught you you will abide in him in other words you will have no excuse before God because if you say that the anointing rests in you it will teach you He'll tell you this is right and that's wrong. Just like God told me today, change those batteries. I thought I knew better. The anointing teaches you and it's the truth. The reason John wrote this was to make sure we don't get deceived. You must understand. Oh, you don't need that anyone teaches you. That does not mean you don't belong to a church. It's foolishness to think that. This is talking about inward anointing. Don't get deceived. The purpose of this anointing in your life, we will talk and we will cover more next week. But the reason John wrote this is to make sure that we don't get deceived. In the King James Version, it says, The anointing which you have received of God, not from God. There's the difference. In the King James, it says, Man became A living soul. In the New King James, it says man became a living being. Being is correct, but a soul is more specific. Just like that, you have to understand the difference between of and from. If I say to someone, take this from me, it means I have it and I'm giving it to you. I can tell you, Steve, take this phone from me. Yes, why? So because I have a phone and I'm giving it to you. But if I say to someone, take this off me, they cannot do it because I am it. For example, I look good. I say, take this off me. Can you do that? No, I cannot transfer my good looks to you. Yes, were you laughing? Do you understand? The truth is to speak the truth in love. Yes, hallelujah. Yes. So that's the difference between off and from. The phrase of him means he is the source. The anointing is him, is the Lord. The abo- abiding anointing that comes into your spirit becomes one with your heart at salvation. And it is a revelation anointing. We have the mind of Christ. We know all things through the spirit He is revealed all things. We'll be covering that later. But do, do you understand? This is not for warfare outside. That's completely different. Even that term is wrong in the, if you look at it semantically. But anyway, the anointing inside, it reveals everything about God. It is endless because it teaches you all things. Who teaches you all things about Christ? The Holy Spirit. I need this anointing as a pastor because it says in Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-three. It says, "Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds." It's not possible to be a shepherd after the Lord's heart without the Holy Spirit. How can you be diligent? I'll give you an example. Go to Proverbs seventeen three. The refining pot is for silver, and the furnace. For gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. Now, here's wisdom from the Holy Spirit. How do you know whether a person is going through refining or testing or correction? How do you know? Unless the Lord tells you. You can discern all you want, but unless the Lord tells you, how will you know? The problem might be the same. You might have a same problem as he. Or she, but the cost may be different. How do you know that? The Holy Spirit reveals that. Do you do you understand? Yes? Go to Proverbs 26 26. Now, before we go there, it says do not neglect the gathering of believers. Yes? So you've heard me say that when the word is being preached, I wish I had a camera here to record your faces. Why is that important? Because You will pretend to be all good with the word and everything. But the truth will come when the word is being preached. And you won't believe even if I were to tell you. That's why there should be a camera to show you. How do you know that through the word? Proverbs 26, 26. Though his hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the Assembly. Now, there are many ways this can be understood and interpreted, but here I'm talking about the wisdom from the Holy Spirit of being a pastor. How will I know anything? God has given me some brain material, yes, but wisdom comes from above. And if you are wicked, I will know and it will be revealed before the assembly. You may Tell me so many things, but I don't know the contents of your heart unless the Lord tells me. Do you understand these things? Yes. So you cannot minister without the Holy Spirit. Do you want the wisdom from the Holy Spirit? Yes. So you take, I just read from Proverbs. You take the wisdom that is in Proverbs. You can apply it naturally. It only gets you thus far. But when you have spiritual wisdom, it completes you because you speak to God to understand because you need to know. Because in Proverbs it says, on one Proverbs it says, if you answer a fool, you become a fool. In the other words it says, answer a fool. Otherwise you'll think so much of himself." So what gifts? you need discernment? You need wisdom from God. Hallelujah. So for that you need the anointing. And the what is the anointing? It is the ritual act of pouring aromatic oil over a person's head or the entire body. In the Old Testament, if you go to Leviticus eight twelve, and he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. Yes, so Aaron was anointed. Yes, with the what oil? Yes. Now, the oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. But let's uh, continue in the Old Testament. In 1 Samuel 9, you read in verse 27, that's towards the end. As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go ahead of us. And he went on, But you stand here a while, that I may announce to you the word of God. Next chapter. Since then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you, commander, over his inheritance? Do you understand? Yes? It's a symbol. And so we use the same word. In the Old Testament is the oil. In the New Testament is the Holy Spirit. How do you know that? John one thirty two, And John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And he remained upon him. So the spirit descended from heaven upon Jesus. And remained upon Jesus. Yes. You with me so far. Yeah? Go to Luke 4.18. Jesus is saying. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach gospel to the poor. Who has anointed Jesus to preach the gospel. The Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Who is the Spirit of the Lord? The Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captors, and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Are your eyes opening to the need of the Holy Spirit in our ministry, in our daily living within us? How reliant we are to be. Go to Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. He was not anointed with oil, but we just read. He is anointed with the Holy Spirit. Do you understand, came like a dove and sat upon him. What is the purpose of this? The Holy Spirit is our teacher. This is what I'm getting to. This is the title of today's talk. The teacher. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. It's not Google. It's not television. Or the tele-evangelists that you see. They all speak good, good things. But only the Holy Spirit can teach you. Do you understand? Yes? Not a man, but God himself. Do you understand? But through men, yes. Go through Jesus, he will teach you. Who is Jesus? The word of God, yes. Go to John 16, 12 to 13. This is Jesus saying, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on His own authority. But whatever he hears. He will speak. And he will tell you. Things to come. So this teaching. Is for sanctification. That is within you. And this teaching. Is for commission. That is outside of you. Do you understand? Yes. Sanctification and commission. Don't forget. Jesus already commissioned us. Go therefore. So don't wait for that. Saying. Oh I'm still praying. No. But Jesus works only through the church. If you belong to Jesus, you cannot be separate from the church. That is why any pastor worth their salt will ask you, which church do you belong to? Do you understand? Yes? Go to Ephesians 4.12. For the equipping of the saints for work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, is given whom? Apostles, prophets, evangelists. What? Pastors and teachers, yes, to his body, the church. If you're an island or if you're independent, a lone ranger, you have no part with the Lord. Is that clear? Be careful of this. Don't get deceived. But we will discuss this later, yes? So you understand the need for this, yes? So this is what John is referring to, that anointing within you will Teach you all things, and the anointing of him is separate from the anointing from him. Do you understand? The the one of him is the inner anointing. We just read about in one John two twenty seven. Yes, the anointing from him is the outer anointing, for the lack of a better word, for the ministry that is described in Acts. let's go to acts 1.8 but you shall receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the end of the earth hallelujah don't ever mistake one for the other lot of people are in trouble because they have misunderstood this Or have not even understood this properly. And a lot of lone rangers are out there saying, Oh, the anointing will teach me to do warfare. Spiritual warfare, they call it. And they write books on it. Mm -hmm. Foolishness. Don't be caught in that deception. Remember, in 2 Thessalonians, God sends this delusion. We'll cover more of that later. Hallelujah. But now that... All that I have spoken, have you understood? And if you have any questions, ask to understand personally, clear up all the doubts. Yes, anointing of Him, anointing from Him. From Him, I can give you a cell phone. Yes, that's the anointing from Him. Of Him, my good looks. Yes, I can't give you that. Yes, but I can give that to those who have my DNA. Samuel, Daniel. And Joel. Yes. Hallelujah. Do you want to know? Are in there looking? Why? She probably is saying that it's my DNA too. Yeah, I agree. Yes. But just like it's my DNA mixed with her DNA. Sanctification works like that. Me and God work together to sanctify with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I told you before that when I say that I met Jesus... People often doubt what I'm talking about. Because I can see the question marks in their mind. Is this guy fooling us? Is this real? Is this What is going on? How can you meet Jesus? After all, he's God and he's in a different plane. Different dimension. Different plane of existence. You can see all these things. How can you meet him? Well, you can't with the natural... Senses that you have, but you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and with the Holy Spirit, you can and will meet Jesus any time, every time. He's with us, and wherever two or three gathered together, He's there in our midst. Yes, a person in the ministry I was in, when she got into, into an auto rickshaw, she moved over a little bit out of habit because she wanted to make space for the Holy Spirit. This is how real it is for us as Christians. The Holy Spirit is our teacher and we're continuing on this. It's not Google. You don't type up the the questions on Google and allow Google and nowadays you have AI to answer you. They'll give you all kind of weird answers. It's like taking the lottery maybe it's right maybe it's wrong but here's the thing and i'll get to it later what makes it think you ought to know if you ought to know would not the lord have taught you that already is it because maybe the lord has taught you and you're too lazy i don't know but the thing is that are you content with what the lord is teaching you or do you have itching ears to learn things And that way, if you go to Google or if you go to television and listen to all the other preachers, it's good. I'm not saying they're bad, but if it doesn't change your life for the better and brings you closer to God, what use it or is it? And that's why I'm telling you, don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy on things that don't edify you at all. Jesus said before his death that he's going away. But He's going to give us the Holy Spirit who's going to continue teaching what He had taught already 2,000 years ago. Obviously, we are not born 2,000 years ago. When you become the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit teaches you all things. Let's go to John 16:15. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said he will take of mine and declare it to you that he therefore I said that he that he is the Holy Spirit. He will take of what is Jesus and let you know. You can read the whole of John chapter 16 to understand the context. But this is the backbone behind John writing in 1 John chapter 2 meaning This is where you stand on. The backbone gives you the structure that the Holy Spirit ought to teach you. And go to 1 John 2.20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Do you understand that? Yes? All things that the Holy Spirit teaches you, provided you are right with Him. And that you need to know. It's not Google. The purpose of the anointing in your life is twofold. One for you personally and one for you to work. Do you understand? So you have to understand why John wrote this. Go to 1 John 2 18. He continues to write, Little children, it is the last hour and you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. It is on this Theme, the theme of the Antichrist and his appearance in our midst that John continues to write this. Antichrist just means the duplicate Christ. It can be the opposite of Christ, but it can be duplicate Christ. I often make joke of the saying if there's an Antichrist, there ought to be an uncle Christ also. Yes? Do you understand? Yes? But that's not what John means, yes? Go to 1 John 2.27 But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. Who abides in you? The Holy Spirit. He's the anointing. I taught you last week about the anointing. What it means in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. If you want to know more about that, go to last week's teaching. Yes? The anointing which you have received from Him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and it is true and it is not a lie just as it has taught you you will abide in him. So don't focus on the teaching but focus on the abiding in him bit and then the teaching will happen. A lot of people want to focus on the teaching Meaning they take it out of context. It will not do you good and it will not serve you well. Why? Because it's talking about the Antichrist. It is talking about the great delusion that God will send. So it's not your Gentile, it is his purpose. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians 2 9 to 12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power signs and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who do not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. We can go into this further. But who is the truth, the way and the life? Jesus, yes? The abiding anointing that comes into your spirit has become one with your heart and salvation. Why is this important? At salvation, that's the anointing that resides in you, yes? This is a revelatory anointing. It reveals whom? Jesus. We just read the Holy Spirit teaches you about whom? Jesus. Yes. By the Holy Spirit, you immediately know who the Lord Jesus is in your life. Don't fake it. Don't offer the sacrifice of fools as it says in Ecclesiastes one. I read that scripture out earlier. Yes. You don't need anyone to teach you about who the real Jesus Christ is. If someone appears and says, I am Jesus, the anointing will tell you that's fakery-bakery. Yet you're going to the Google or AI or whatever. Now I heard that some governments are rewriting the Bible even. So who do you believe? That's why you have the anointing within you. That is why nobody can deceive you when you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit within you. Am I clear on this? Yes. Let's go to 1 John 2.19 They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. This is talking about the Antichrist and the Antichrist spirit. Why am I reading this? Because Jesus sanctifies through his body and his body alone. And his body is the church, yes? And to the church, the Holy Spirit reveals everything about God. Because we don't obviously have Jesus walking around in our midst physically in flesh and blood, yes? Do you understand? To the church he is given whom? Apostles, prophets, evangelists. Pastors and teachers, read that, Ephesians four eleven to 15, yes? That's how it is revelatory and it is endless. You'll never get bored because it teaches you all things of God, provided you belong to His body, the church. There are no lone rangers in Christianity. There are no islands, no individuals that stand apart from the body. If there's something within the body that is working against the body, in medical terms, it's known as a cancer. If it's out of the body, it's dead. And in this case, when you're out of the body, you're opening yourself to all kind of evil deception, deceptive spirits that pretend to be Christ's. And you justify all stupidity by saying, the anointing taught me this. Nonsense. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of the Lord. Belong to a church. Do you understand? Jesus' body is the church. I stole last week this example that if I say to someone, take this off or take this from me, it means I have it. I can tell you, take this phone, for example. Yes? Why? Because it has a. it has been given to me to give to you. Yes? Because I have it. Yes? Do you understand? Now, if I tell someone, take this off me, then they can't do it. It's like me telling Steve, take my good looks. You can't do that. No way. Don't laugh. It's truth. Yes. Do you understand? But Samuel, Daniel, and Joel can do that. Why? Because they have my DNA. They also have Anu's DNA, but the good looks come from my DNA. Yes? Hallelujah. Do you understand? Yes? I should say I'm joking because <laughs> she's looking at me with daggers. I'm talking about DNA. You understand this anointing to know about the Antichrist is not the phone. It's what's in me. It's my good looks. The DNA you belong to the body of Christ and then you get his DNA. And that will ensure that you are not deceived. That will ensure that when God senses delusion, it doesn't affect you and that you are not deceived. So therefore, you must belong. Jesus spoke about the wheat and the tares. Now we can use wisdom to see and some people use go- gossip to see who's the wheat, who's the tare. Nonsense, yes? But though we have been given wisdom to understand, only God knows the heart. If you go to Proverbs 26, 26, I talked about it last week. Though his hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. You need wisdom to understand this. So you could say all things about Jesus, but when, I, when the word is being preached, I can say, I can tell what you really think about Jesus. You can't hide that. So you can use that to discern the heart of the people. But that is a tool for the ministry. The reason that John wrote this is to make sure that you and I don't get deceived. In the Old Testament, God said, I am. It means he is life. God doesn't have power. God is power. He is authority. And the abiding anointing is of him because it is God. Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Why is this important? Go to 1 Corinthians 2, 9-10. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Through the Holy Spirit, He teaches us things of God. Provided you sit with Him. Provided you belong to a church. Yes. And you continue on to verse 16. It says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that He may instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Today, when we were worshipping the healing rain, how many of you noticed it was raining outside? Yes. Did you notice that? Yes. It's not a coincidence. I didn't take that song because there was Marakar. What do they call it? Marakar. Marakar is where you buy cars from, yes? Marakar, yes? We have the mind of Christ and He guides us. Do you understand? Yes? Problem is we don't understand the implications of this statement. Go to Isaiah forty-five eleven. This is the Old Testament, yes? Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and His Maker, Ask me of things to come concerning my sons. Concerning the work of my hands. You command me. That means this was there even in the Old Testament. Provided you filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? Yes. There is a change that we can make. That becomes more evident when you understand. Remember wisdom? Yeah, when you understand what God has given us. Go to Job eight 3 Now what's happening is. Job obviously got unwell and his friends are advising him. And so all of his friends said, we don't know what to say. And Job then said, well, curse the day that I was born, he is saying a lot of things. I don't know why God did this. I'm innocent and all this. And one of his friends, I think Bill had or Bill Dad, or whatever is saying, does God Subward judgment. Or does the almighty pervert justice. I was thinking about that. Because it seems to me. That this is not true today. Because we see a lot of things happening. Where if God was to. Give judgment on that. It would be rectified. We see a lot of injustice. So then. Here. They're confidently asserting that God does this. But here, today, we find that God doesn't do it. So what gifts? Why has God become seemingly silent on one hand, while on the other, mighty miracles take place from those who are filled with the Holy Spirit? Have things changed from the time of Job to now? What is the biggest difference? Jesus Christ and the new covenant we are in. This is something for you to meditate on concerning the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The covenants we are in. Do you understand? Because we have the power. That's why you read Isaiah 45:11, and we have the mind of Christ. Yes, but provided you belong to the church. Now, like I said, if you go to any minister, what's the result, healing minister, he'll tell you he, not everybody is healed. But then you read in the Bible that everybody is healed. So then there are some people who make a doctrine of God stopping the healing. And many people have approached me with that kind of doctrine. I said, it's too late. God has already healed many, many people. I've seen it. I've witnessed it to understand. From raising the dead to healing a headache. God has done that. Too late for you to tell me what God can and God cannot do on this thing. Do you understand? How can you talk to me in that, like that? Do, do you understand? Yes? So, it is the anointing that gives me the confidence to speak thus. Do you, do you understand? That is the anointing that resides in me. I know he real. And that is why it is revelatory. Do you understand? Yes? But how can you have the mind of Christ? How can you have the mind of Christ? Really? Because there is a price to pay. Not for salvation. Count the cost, Jesus said. That is in 1 Corinthians 6.19 Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God. And this is the thing. And you are not your own. You are not your own. It took me a while to understand that. I'd say more than 10 years to understand that I am not my own. I'm either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. I am not my own. As long as I think that I am my own, I'll have my own agenda. Then I don't belong to God. Because you can either serve God. Or mammon, do you understand? Yes, but we are being perfected. Yes, even today, in the morning, the Lord is telling me, "Okay, you are not your own, so do this, do that." Do you understand? Yes. So we offer our lives as a living sacrifice. But here's the thing: God takes care of His own. He is the one sending the delusion, but He takes care of His own. Are we striving to be His? Not everyone is in the same stage, but are we striving to be his? Yes. In Ecclesiastes 5.10, we read that those who love abundance, those who are striving for increase, even though they find it, they, they're chasing after vanity and futility. This is the problem with Google. Are you satisfied with what God gives you? I contend with that? Or you need to know everything about everything and fill your head with stupidity and think you know everything about God and find your life empty. I'm asking you, be real with God. There are people, people who are in Christ, who have agendas for abundance and increase on their own strength. This is wrong. You're building somebody else's house. Because unless the Lord builds a house, the workers work in vain. What is that in Psalm 127.1? So how do you get to where you are? Because I was there once with my own agenda, my own competition, my own ambition, to where now I live only for the Lord. How do you get there? The Holy Spirit. That's the anointing that perfects us. That's the anointing that we can be confident in. You can fool everybody All the worship could be going on. But in Isaiah chapter 5, we hear nothing but clanging cymbals. Jesus spoke about the wheat and the tares. The anointing is to separate one from the other. The anointing of him in you is to separate the one that is in him from the one that is outside of him. If you're in him, he knows you. If you're not in him, he'll say, get away from me. I never knew you. The one of him, the anointing of him is the inner anointing for living described in 1 John. Do you understand that? Yes, this is the anointing for living your life. This is from God as he reveals himself. Yes, the anointing for ministry is also from God. But don't confuse it with the anointing for living. The anointing for ministry depends on your calling. If you're called to be a typist, there's no point in giving you a steering wheel. Do you understand? Yes, it depends on your calling. Yes. So the minute you're saved, the Holy Spirit becomes one with your spirit. And by the Holy Spirit, you immediately know the Lord Jesus in your life. If you don't, get right with him. And because you know who Jesus is, you don't need anyone to teach you who he really is. Meaning all the fake nonsense you will know it's fake. That is why nobody can seduce you or deceive you. Even though they may try, they cannot succeed because you have the truth inside of you. And it does not lie. Who's the truth? Jesus. Jesus is the truth inside of us. Is this much clear? Yes. We'll continue on this. Because the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Hallelujah. Let's worship him some more. You must really understand that salvation is complete only when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Because our father in heaven, before You he was a father, he was a God who was very angry. Why? Because of our original sin. Who reconciled us? Jesus Christ. Now, after being reconciled to our father, there's a Holy Spirit whose temple we are. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can say no. To the ice cream in the fridge for example but the holy spirit helps me to say no to sin and that perfects that as i submit that's called sanctification and that's why jesus said in john eight thirty two, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free there are two types of anointing the abiding anointing and the ministerial anointing the abiding anointing is what john speaks of The ministerial anointing is what Jesus said wait, tarry ye until you receive power from on high. So that is the difference between the abiding anointing and the ministerial anointing. If you want to know more about that, I have taught you in detail in the last two sessions here on Sunday. See, the abiding anointing in of the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. It reveals Jesus, the real Jesus. Because in the last days, a lot of people say, I am Jesus, or this is the way to Jesus, or that is Jesus. A lot of ministries proclaim Jesus. Even this ministry, we proclaim Jesus, yes? So how do you know which is right, which is wrong? The abiding anointing. It reveals the real Jesus. Having no accountability for our actions is lawlessness. The Antichrist is a man of what? lawlessness so having no accountability not belonging to a church and not being accountable you're human eh? to other humans because god has given apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers jesus has given them in the church so having an accountability and being and not being an island or a lone ranger riding on silver is lawlessness. The Antichrist is a man of lawlessness, the coming one according to the working of Satan. We have to understand that we are not our own. We are bought by Jesus Christ with a price. And God does not subvert judgment or pervert justice. It might seem that way, but there is coming a day of judgment. Till then, God has power, but He resides in us. What does that mean? I already taught you about that. Yes, that power resides in us. The abiding anointing is focused mainly on the restoration of our lives. To live as we are created to be. And then once that is done, it reveals our purposes. Meaning our calling in Christ, our ministry. Why do I say it is important to understand that? Because the Bible wants us not to put a novice in leadership position. Because all kind of damage can happen. It took 14 years for the Apostle Paul to be ready. Go to 1 Timothy 3.6. It says, not a novice, a novice meaning a beginner. We're talking about the leadership of the church, yes? Lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Till we are perfected. God goes to work in us. Once we are perfect in God's eyes, he'll ask what's in there in your hand. Because that's when Moses saw the burning bush. And God asked him, till then he took of his father-in-law's sheep. That is a ministerial anointing. But once you accept Jesus, what can you be confident of? Go to Philippians six. Being confident of this, very thing that you begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, so we are all being perfected, yes, hallelujah, We know the Word of God is Jesus, but we have to understand one thing: what does it say in romans fifteen four For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope we might have what hope through what perseverance and the encouragement of what scriptures scriptures do you understand the word of god in the bible as revealed by god and the word of god became man who is that man flesh and blood john 1 14 jesus do you understand yes That we might have hope. And if you don't have hope, well, it's like you going to a doctor and saying, I have a stomachache and he's giving you the medicine. And you go back to him saying, I have a stomachache. He says, what about the medicine I gave you? No, I didn't. I discarded it. I didn't buy it or I threw it away. Renew your mind in the word of God that we might have hope. Yes. And Romans 5, verse 3 to 5 says, And not only this but we also celebrate in our tribulations knowing that tribulations brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit which was given to us. So this tribulation is talking about the tribulations, that trials that happen because you hold on to your faith, not because you steal my mouth. Do, do you understand? Yes. What helps you hold on? The Holy Spirit who was given to us. Do you understand? And hope does not disappoint. But you, how can you have hope if you don't have the word of God in you? What will you open? It's not your fault in that you don't have what it takes to give you hope. The word of God gives you hope. So it is your fault in one way that you don't rely on the word of God and you don't renew your mind. It's not your pastor's fault. How can he give you hope? He can talk all nice things and encourage you. But when it comes down to it, you're left with what's in your heart. Do you understand? Yes? And if you follow my faith, you're doomed. Because if I fall, God forbid You'll fall. Don't look up to me or don't put me on a pedestal. I'm a human just like you are. Only thing I have, I'm walking worthy of my calling. Do you understand? Yes. There are things the Lord tells me to do. Yes. But the Lord tells me that. Yes. The abiding anointing is for me. There is the ministerial anointing that comes through me for you. Do you understand? I have to know the difference. Because the abiding anointing, it doesn't come and go. The empowering anointing in Acts 1.8 from him does not abide all the time. God anoints you as you minister. When you're done ministering, it goes up, goes away. When I'm in my house, in my bedroom and you call, before all that I can sense the anointing coming upon me. I wonder what is going on. Then the phone rings or something or the other. Or when I'm talking to you, the empowering anointing comes upon me. Once that happens, I pray and miracles happen. Not because of me, but because of God. Do you understand? Without that empowering anointing, I'll tell you, I'll pray. That's why I tell you, call me. Do you understand? Because what can I do unless the Lord forced me to call you. Do, you. do you understand the difference now? Yes. It is for a season. It'll change. Like for example, there was a season where I taught. There was a season where the number gold dust. There was a lot of gold dust falling. I didn't know what to do with it. So I continued preaching. It comes and goes. I don't question God on what that is. But when he tells me, I'll turn the water into the medicine that people need for the healing. I have plenty of witnesses of that happening. But that is the anointing that empowers, not the anointing that abides in me. Yes? So by contrast, the abiding anointing does not leave you. It stays with you. It abides and thickens. It abides and it grows. And it abides and brings forth all kind of revelation of whom? Of Jesus. Of all things. And it abides until you start bearing fruit of that abiding. That is known as the fruit of the Spirit. to Galatians 5, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh, with his passions and desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That fruit you can only bear because the anointing abides in you. It's logical, yes? So, this is what John is talking about. And John continues in his epistle, and you don't need that any man teach you, but the same anointing teaches you all things. You don't need a man to teach you because the anointing abides in you, yes? The abiding anointing that comes into your spirit and becomes one in your heart at salvation is a revelation anointing. It reveals who Jesus is. It reveals everything about God. And it's endless because it teaches you all things. This is why I tell you, don't go to Google, go to God. Now, why would John say you don't need anyone to treat you? You have to look at the whole chapter to see that it is a warning to believers. I'm not going to go through the whole chapter. I did that in the Bible study we had last week and I think the week before that. Yes, but let's go to 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working Of Satan with all power, signs and lying wonders. There are people who practice healing that don't even know of Jesus. There will always be a price to pay. The blessing of the Lord adds wealth and brings no sorrow to it. Like I said, you might be physically healed but it may take something out of your bank account. Maybe emotionally, something's happened. Maybe in your relationship, there's always a price to pay that brings sorrow into your life. The only thing that doesn't bring sorrow is the blessing of the Lord. Do you understand that? Yes? The Antichrist and the lawless one is one and the same person. The Antichrist is the man of lawlessness, the coming one according to the working of Satan. Now, which law are we talking about is it the law of Moses, or is it the law of grace from God? Jesus fulfilled the law of Moses Now there is only grace while we were sinners. Jesus died for us, yes, so what is the Antichrist coming against? You have to think, go to Galatians uh, one Timothy one or one Timothy four one to five now. The Spirit, the S is capitalized, yes, the Holy Spirit, expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrine of demons. That means what? They're spiritual, except they're plugged into the wrong source. Verse 2, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with hot iron. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. I spoke yesterday about how Peter, even showing up at Cornelius's place, caused a problem with the Jews. And when Peter had that vision to eat unclean food, he said, Lord, I have never even allowed something unclean to come near my mouth. But here Paul is warning Timothy of what will happen in the last days. Verse 4. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Sanctified means what? cleansed, set apart for the Lord. Remember, they went out from us. They knowingly or unknowingly speak against the grace of God. Jewish company and Jewish food or any other substitutes for Jesus Christ does not amount salvation. If you read the Bible, you will understand that you don't have to become a Jew to become a Christian. Yet there are ministries. That say today that you have to become or fulfill the Jewish traditions after you become a Christian. Why do you have to follow the law of Moses after the new covenant? So after the law came the law of grace. That's the new covenant. Do you understand? Don't speak against it. Those who inadvertently proclaim against God's grace... Don't belong to Jesus' body anymore. That is what John is warning believers. It is serious stuff. Because that, John connects that to the Antichrist spirit. Do you understand? The whole thing with the Antichrist is nullifying Jesus' work on the cross. Do you understand? You can follow the law. And that they will be happy as long as you don't go to the cross at Calvary. Do you understand that? That is why you need to humble yourself before the mighty hand of the Lord. And accept His salvation which is a gift. Do you understand? This is the reason John wants us. And this is a conclusion where we have studied in depth of what the Holy Spirit accomplishes. Through us, in us, and for us. Go through the Bible studies. You'll understand because I've spoken more in detail about that. But this is why the Holy Spirit is a teacher for us. That teaches us all things about Christ. Amen? Let's get up and worship Him some more.